0: Inspired Training Solutions presents Business Gems Welcome to your entrepreneurial space where you will receive sound business advice and tips from budding and thriving entrepreneurs Listen up now as this gem may be your gem for success Business Gems
1: Hey, 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 good morning, good evening, good night, good day, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world, welcome to another business gems, of course, business gems, a product of Inspired Training Solutions, and of course, Inspired Training Solutions, your one-stop business training and development company. That seeks to meet all their training and business needs My name is Damian McLean And as usual I'm going to take you through Take you on a very interesting journey We continue our series on the First Steps in Entrepreneurship program Where we will be interviewing another of our participants But first let's go to our sponsors Of the First step in Entrepreneurship program you can now like, comment, and share on our social media platforms. Vis- visit us on Facebook at Inspired, Inspired Training Solutions Jamaica. Send your suggestion and feedback
0: via email to y o u r s p a c e dot i t s at gmail.com.
1: Hit-, hit us up on Instagram at i t s Also, listen and subscribe to our weekly podcast at anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Do you have high-quality audio editing jobs that you want to be done? Yeah, baby! Then you have come to the right place. White Cane Studios offer a wide range of audio services. We do jingles, adverts, podcasts, or just about anything audio. But we don't stop there. We also do mixtapes, playout parties, and other events. You can call or WhatsApp Damien Rose at 876-447-6803. That's 764476803 or email him at djkanemad at g.com. White Kane Studios, where high quality matters. Matter.
1: So special thanks and special big ups to Comprehensive Eye Care, Comprehensive Supplies, mm-hmm. I May, May, Chance Concepts, Concepts. yeah, that's the Young Entrepreneurs Association of Jamaica. Events by Jar, and of course Transformational Life Solution. Yes, welcome back, and you know we have to big up our sponsors for making this happen. We are coming closer to the end of the first step in entrepreneurship program, and. At the end, we're going to try and have some participants just sharing what was it like for them. And we can share that with you. So in the meantime, this week is special. This week is so special that we're going to have it in two parts. One week in two weeks. Can you believe it? And it is not because this person has two businesses which they actually do. It's because of how interesting their journey is and what they... Went through in order to reach the stage where they're at. So, here we go, introducing Miss Mikhail Graham, MG Motivations and of the Writing Lab. Two businesses, one person, the power of having a disability, yet striding through this disability to launch and establish two businesses that is of benefit to all. So let's take a listen.
0: Business Jam.
1: Yes, welcome to another in our First Steps in Entrepreneurship series on persons with disabilities. And of course this week we have another of our participants. And she is just as interesting and has a very good story in terms of her life, her development, and how it has all evolved into her business. In fact, she has not one but two businesses that she's currently getting off the ground. Welcome to our program, Mikhail
2: Thank you so much, Chairman. It's a pleasure. <laughs> now, I'm so grateful to be here,
1: <laughs> and we are indeed happy to have you here too. So. Tell us, who is Mikael Graham?
2: Well, I would say Mikael Graham is an introvert, but um, many people describe me as an extrovert because literally I thought my way in and out of life, if you will. So I uh, am four feet tall, four feet seven and a half inches tall, by the way. I have the personality of a lioness, of course. I uh, have had a very interesting experience in life. And it was, I'm really grateful to God for all the experiences and all the people I've met along the way. So who is the kill I am a a graduate of the University of the West Indies, first of all. I'm a child of the king. I should have started off with that. But um, I know a lot of persons would think, oh, well, you know, education is the way and so on. It is. And getting educated is one of the best things you can do to help elevate your station in life and to give you opportunities. But I always tell people, as an entrepreneurial minded person, I always tell people that it's important to be educated, but it's also important to know basics in life. So, you know, you'll hear different persons talk about street knowledge and about street education, and that in itself is a necessity. One cannot just be book educated and not have street smarts. So, who I am is a person who has been educated. I have gone from strength to strength, from level to level, if you will, and I'm at the final level. Well, I can't say final, but I'm at a developmental stage of the journey where I believe this is a springboard. I have worked in various industries. I have also been a person who believes in volunteerism and in outreach. So I've done some of that along the way. And my most recent one was where I went for a day and volunteered myself for the cancer development, I think, in Montego Bay, where we help men learn about prostate cancer and to help them get training. but um, so all in all, I would say I am a dynamic person, and I just really, I i want to help persons along the way, which is what has led me to start to this new So there you go. That's a little bit about who I am.
1: So you are a superwoman.
2: Oh, no, I wouldn't say super. I just... I try to do as much as I can because I believe it's Lebanon who says that you should live full and die empty. Himself and um, T V Jake. They have that same philosophy. That you need to give all you have in this life. So when you're gone, you really are going down into the earth or being burnt empty. There's nothing left. You're, you're up everything that I given. So I try my best. <laughs> no two <teacher laughs> <over> forward there. <laughs>
1: Well, what can I say? It is efforts like those that makes the difference in not only your life, but in other people's lives.
2: Yes, that's the end.
1: So, you've been to the university, you speak about being street smart, you speak about being um educationally um smart, being educated, that kind of stuff. So talk to us now about how you pull all of that together in terms of... You have a big statue, four foot seven, but you have the, the, the lioness personality, the lioness heart. How you pull all of that together in being you? How oh, I
2: put all of it together in being me? Yes. Oh, well, that's, that's a big ask, you know, because at the end of the day, it's not easy being me because... When you have the stature, as I tell you, I have, that's a part of my disability, by the way. So I have lung disease. So let me tell you one story at a time. So how I put it together in being me, it's not easy being me. And I can tell you honestly, I never leave with my disability. So from that, I have come to understand that persons rely on me and depend on me in ways that I would never have imagined and um, I can tell you honestly, persons expect more from me just from the outset. So I know I always have big shoes to fill and um, they say heavy is the head that wears the crown and much is given, much is required. So I know from the onset that coming into a situation, mediocrity is not, it is not a, a question, it is not acceptable but at the end of the day that doesn't mean that if you start off from a mediocre standpoint, you cannot go higher. And I try to put that philosophy in mind because in business, you will have the very best interests and the very best plans. And you will want to start with an excellent mindset. But at the end of the day, you might have to start mediocre. And I would never ever tell anybody, oh, don't start off from that standpoint. I would tell them if that's where you need to start, start there. Because we all need to start certain life. So being me, as you ask, it hasn't been easy. Can I go ahead and talk about the journey or you want me to... No, sure.
1: To you you can go ahead and tell us, talk to us about the journey. That's what my listeners are very much keen on.
2: Okay. Okay. So you asked me about my stature. It is a very important part of my journey because at the age of 13, um, I was diagnosed with blunt disease. Now, blood disease is something that affects all, all most of us as Jamaicans. Um, it's what you call bow legs. I had an extreme case where my legs were, they just grew and grew and grew, and they were very bent, almost sleeping on the ground. So my parents intervened. We went to the doctors, and they said they had to correct my feet. So at 13, I was facing correctional surgery, and I was on the heavier side. So then there were concerns there, which I still have. I. I'm not slim built at all. I am curvaceously built.
1: Lord, Lord, Lord.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so that was a concern for the docs. For me, it has never been, but it was their concern. I I wasn't still unhealthy, so my build is not the issue in terms of my health. So they broke my legs at 13, and I was laid up for some time. From that, I learned many lessons, of course. I'm going to really jump into it for you. I was doing the sciences at the time, the, the pure sciences, which would have been biology, physics, chemistry in high school. That is my first law. Um, but unfortunately for me at the time, because I couldn't get to the top floor, I was in a wheelchair. So there was a time, about six to 12 weeks maybe, I wasn't at school physically. So mom had to go to school, get my notes get the lab, I had to reproduce the lab, but I had to be learning, but I wasn't physically there. So when it came to, um, I guess, parent teacher conference or like that meeting where parents would find out, you know, what it is that their kids are going to do in terms of the subjects, and that's really the special check meeting. At school, she was advised that they wouldn't recommend for me to do the sciences because I am physically incapable of getting to the location to do the lab, and they couldn't bring the lab to me. So
1: that was a huge hit as a child, you know, your first dream. But but hold on though, Mikhail, just before you Mm -hmm. continue, you were not physically able to get to the lab, to the labs, meaning what? Is it at the time when you did the surgery or is it that the school was not compatible in terms of access? Well, both. Um, At
2: the time when I did surgery... I would not have been able to walk up any steps. So even when I was going to school, I still couldn't walk up steps. Because remember now, they broke my leg, repositioned them, put pins in my feet, and then I had to wait like uh, two, three months, or four months before I could start walking again. I think maybe it was six months, sorry. (laughs) So I had to wait until I could start walking. So all this time, after surgery, I was in bed. So I was doing work When school opened, let's say, September, I would have been in bed. I was doing my work from home but when we got to the time where you had to select the subjects and you'd get recommended for subjects now they told her that it wouldn't make any sense and then I couldn't when I started going to school I would go to school like one day or two days a week and I could not walk to get upstairs. steps the most I could do is hobble like pull myself out of the chair to get to the restroom So I needed no help doing
1: so the labs were upstairs
2: correct like up four five steps it was disastrous. (laughs) disastrous. <laughs> so, I know I would not have even been, ma- been able for it to make it up one much more for So they had recommended that I try the other subject. So as I said, for me, that was like a huge blow. But me being me, I said, you know, I don't see any with that. So if that's what they told you, mom, it's fine. I will do X, I will do that. da and I told her what my choices were. So for me, you no, know, it was a huge blow, but it wasn't something that demotivated me because at the end of the day, the goal is to leave school and to shine. So if it's to shine in another department, fine. But my love, as I tell you, I love the sciences, I love the research element, I love the reporting, I love the experimental element. That really wasn't there. So what I did, the subjects that we chose now would have been social studies, it would have been history, it would have been human and social biology, and it would have been um, food and nutrition, home economics. So for me you now, that was where I found out that the sciences or the pure sciences I was doing at the time really came on board now when I realized, wait, but geography is a science. I didn't know that. Now when I decided to do it, I started to learn that. And then with food and nutrition, I found out later on that if you mix wrong chemical compounds, you get something that doesn't taste really good. So and if you mix it in the wrong quantity again you get something that doesn't taste very good oh. so that would have been my chemistry moment there cool. so I really as I told you it, it was <laughs> it was a moment that I really there was a shift and I had to run with it and work with it so that started a journey for me that was just really superb from that journey I oh I should have mentioned the school I went to the Montego Bay High School for Girls um I uh, from that journey, I really, I was able to do all my 60s because after I started walking now, I could make it up the steps right so I everything I really wanted to do. So it was just exciting. And then from that journey now, I was able to leave high school with 13 subjects, but I sat 11 in upper school and two in low school, so I was 13 oh, subjects. Oh, that's from cool. That's I, cool. Yes, it was, and I did very well. I got five one three twos and two threes. So but for me you now, that was a real push to my little ego, like, yes, I can do it and felt very motivated. And I got some sectional prizes and some subject prizes as well. So then I moved on from there to college and then to university. So I also did well. I graduated with my degree in international relations, Spanish and mathematics.
1: So, so y- you this, moved all the way from the sciences to international relations?
2: That is correct, yes. And in that now I learned that <laughs> research is a science in itself and it's a necessary element. So along my life journey, as I tell you, know, you know, my love really is research and the experimental aspect of things. So. You find I would have been involved in things that included the first. So the first company, for example, to try media management in Jamaica, I ended up working with them. And to try it on a particular level or scale, I ended up working with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just say I, I, I appreciate the experimental in life and I've been involved in it for quite Beautiful. some time.
1: Beautiful. Um, but before you go on to tell us about the, the university journey, Talk to mm-hmm. us now about. So you you're able to walk again, you are able yeah. to get around, but the disability did not go away.
2: No it didn't. So, so um,
1: how now did you you go through CXCs, you're going on to campus? What is happening yes. with the disability while you are conquering right. all of these hurdles?
2: Right. So Let me start off by putting my disclaimer out there. A lot of people don't know when they speak to me on the phone and they meet me in person and I'm sitting, everybody's like, oh, you don't look disabled, you don't sound disabled. Let me tell you, were disabled or challenged, it took me a very long time to understand and furthermore to accept that I lived with a disability. From the moment I was diagnosed at 13, I should have actually known something was wrong, right? Yes. Nothing of the sort, Damian. Nothing of the sort. I I didn't even register certified disabled until probably like five years or so ago. Because as a child and a young adult, I really didn't understand what disability means. I really didn't understand that I was living with a disability, though it may have been on and off. So after my legs were broken at 13, I learned to walk again. I learned to stand. I learned to gain a new sense of independence, if you will. I can very well. To tell you the truth, when I was about 14, 15, that was really a very high point. Like, I was at a good place in terms of physical mobility. Um, I wasn't using, I stopped using my cane and my walking aids at about 15, 14, 15, after I learned to walk again. So recovery was very quick. And it was not very easy, but it was quick. My lower limbs were still swollen. Some um, there was still no feeling in some parts of my lower limbs, um, below my knees and my instep, where my toes are. Yeah. still had no feeling there, and like the back of my foot, the side of my feet, there were, the nerve endings didn't come back to it, <laughs> if you will. Um, so when I went to college now, because I didn't, I didn't go through to UWI, I went to Montego Bay Community College. I wanted that to be my transition, and I didn't want to move far from home. I didn't want to move away from home physically. I told my mother I wasn't ready for that. I still needed to enjoy the benefits of living at home and going to school and coming home. I still enjoyed that. So I stayed at home, and I lived with mom, and my mobility was up, Now, Let me tell you something. I play as a sport, football, cricket, tennis, badminton swimming, not so much, but I can swim, still can swim, I played volleyball, at college I played volleyball, while at Montego Bay High School for girls after the whole um, surgery I played badminton for the school, um, when I went out to university I did play football, I was very involved if you will, I was in the choir, I was also part of the university chorale. a section of the university singers. so it, it, it has been a journey, and then to tell you how the disability part went now. So while at university, I was doing a lot, if you will, on my feet. So remember to me, no, I don't, there's nothing wrong with me, I'm perfect right. in my eyes. So, uh, right, I am physically capable and I'm at the height of my physical ability. I'm at the pinnacle, so nothing can go wrong. i put them there up, right?
1: Right, right.
2: So, <laughs> so it turned out I was, I felt that sharp pain in one of my knees, my right knee one day, I said, what's that? And where I lived, I live on Lake Hall, so, I would have had to climb steps to go and come, but to me, there's not an issue there because I've never had an issue doing steps before or walking. And by this, when I say I'm going higher, I mean I walk to school. I live on the third hall. Uh,
1: and for so those who, take the bus, for those who don't know, the campus is not a small place. We, no, we're looking is, at people covering food. in excess of 600 acres.
2: Yes,
1: you know, it's and, a large place. Yes.
2: Exactly, and I would have walked from like the third Hall. So I, I typically, and I tell my mother through this day, it's so funny. I know every corner of UWI campus because I've traversed on foot. So during orientation, we went everywhere physically. I went and saw everything I could. I jogged, I went to the gym. It was just, let me tell you something, it was a time. But as said, I enjoyed it. And one day, I felt that pain in my mouth, like, what's that? Anyways, I didn't pay much, mind, you know, as we say, I didn't pay much credence to it. I just went along my daily activity. And then, like, a couple of days later, the pain came back. Again, it went away. So I figured, oh, everything is fine. Maybe it's just, like, a little seizure. No problem. Until, like, a week or so later, I wake up and I feel, I feel my knee feeling hot. I'm like, what is this? What? And I stand up, I get the possibility to stand and then that sharp pain turned into like a massive pain when the load of my body came down on my knee. I was like, what? Oh. I had to grab onto the table like instant, and then not stand on that foot at all.
1: Wow. At that
2: point now, I realized there was something wrong. So I hobbled to the bathroom and I realized I couldn't stand straight. I couldn't walk up and down as I had a mind. I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. I mean, my second or third year we were at university. I can't afford for the things to be wrong with me. What R- could be wrong? Right. So at this point, I felt my with the specialist, and I told him, you know, doctor, I'm having an issue with my knee. I don't know what's wrong. I need to, I need relief now, and so on, and so forth. So he said, you know, come and see me. So, intrinsically I'm looking down like, come and see you. I don't think me coming to you is gonna work. <laughs> like, I can't even make it to the bathroom. How am I gonna come and see you? Right. So. At this point, now I would have called my mom and I let her know. Look, I'm a soldier first thing, so anybody who knows me knows I I don't give up, I don't yield, I don't give in. I I fight whatever it is that you fight Yes. So if you tell me there's something I can't do, I'll tell you. Okay, thanks for letting me know. That's your opinion. Your opinion is not a fact. I'm gonna move on. That's me. So when I realized this was what I called my mother and let her I know um, I'm having an issue. My i really hurting I think i need to have to see Doc again and she said all right, well you have money I'm like no I don't have any money <laughs> so <laughs> I need some money and of course Dad got involved as well so I was able to go I hobbled I called a campus I called a taxi to campus Right. and um, with much needed support I got to the taxi and then from there I went and he had to do um, x-rays and stuff and from all of that he was saying to me well you know it's things that you're coming down with arthritis I'm like, what what? Me? But I'm I'm only what, twenty? What do you mean? This yes, is that because what is
1: that that are not young people something.
2: I was about to say that I was about to say but my old people think that what else? Like as but maybe you're misdiagnosing it right now. Like maybe book. Maybe you're not looking at something correct. Let me see those sheets. <laughs> 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 you that, Let me see those you
1: understand? And he had
2: to, yeah, she had to sit down because the first thing I come in, me know, oh, you're a hot girl, hot girl, so-and-so, you don't know, use cane. I was like, no. And then leaving his office, I was like, um, yeah, maybe. So my mother ended up sending my cane because, you know, remember I told you, you know, I'm 14 artists team. Right. Pulling the pen so those canes would have gathered a
1: whole lot of dust. Exactly. You know? Well, pack um, up.
2: Yes, and then pack up, because these are collapsible kids, kids that you can um break down and put in bags and so on. Yes. Because my mobility depended on it. So I'm looking at her like, um, you're sure, mommy? I don't, no, I don't think you should. And she said, look here, I am sending them. I said, all right, no problem. So she sent the kids, and he sat me down in the office. I had a discussion with me about the journey that I'm I'm going to see on now. He's saying to me that, you know, you have arthritis, which means you have to take it easy, you have to cut down some of the walking. I'm like, what is he talking about? I am wrong. Why did I cut down the walking? Is that not what we do? Is that not what's expected? To walk? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So he explained to me further that, you know, I, I am not... The average person living out there, just walking up and down at two feet, feet let me know that because of what they had to do when I was 13 eventually there is some rubbing, which means that there's going to be wear and tear of the joints. I and mean, thanks for me, you know, over the years, the joints have just been wearing and wearing and rubbing. So I have to just really take it easy, take my supplements, take um, pills that help to relieve pain and swelling, all the issues that come with arthritis. Um, by this, I wasn't exposed to any cold weather or anything Right. Full dramatic, climatic changes. like, no. I wasn't very sensitive to it at that point. So I took his advice and I went along my life as usual. I finished up university and I ended up graduating. And, of course, while going to university, I was also working. So I, I worked with Urgent side. My journey, I can tell you, it's just a lot. It seems like a lot, but it was just really fun for me and eventful. I was working at Urgent makeup, So... During the summers I work and Christmas I work. So in my mind's eye, Damien, I must never be left idle. Right. <laughs> so I work every Christmas, every summer, and then it turned out there was a call on me to come home to work here at weekends. So I scheduled my classes a particular way so I can go home and work and come back to university, which was awesome. So that worked out well, and I went on and on and on until... I was living in Kingston, so it would have been like, I graduated in 2008 from UWI. So between 2008 to 2015, or early part of 2015, that would have been the period within which I didn't use a cane at all. I was doing my daily activities and I was still suffering from some arthritis, but it wasn't very bad. In 2014 though, it took kind of like a turn because I took on a job where there were lots of steps. So, and for me, again, remember, you know, as you call me, superwoman, you're, de- <laughs> you're dealing with somebody who was kind of like a superwoman mentality, right?
1: Yes, I see that. Uh, yes,
2: yeah, so, I mean, for me, and it's not really superwoman, but I am I am formidable. I am one of those people who, and I can't tell you, I cannot take credit for my personality and me being like that fully because, My mother, my grandmother, God, all the people I've been around, my family, if you will, they've contributed to that for me, the type of mentality that I have. For example, when I was a child, if I ever got ill, I went to the doctor. Um, I I joke with my mother about it to this day. I kid you not, Dana. She's a teacher and a retired principal and she still teaches. I kid you not, as a child, my mother would pack me up after two or three days at home Feeling sorry much for myself and being sick and sniffling and coughing, she would pack me up with the drugs. So, you know, when you go to doctors, you know, doctors give you like a week. Yes. That child to be home to get well.
1: Yes, yes.
2: So, my mother is not into that. From the moment I start to seven and eleven and start to be troubled. Oh, you are weller. Yes. your you can go to school now. No, wait, No, Doctor say it's seven days. She said no. From you feel better to that extent. From
1: you start go play now.
2: And From a start,
1: please. Time to go out.
2: Right. So I'm not getting to stay home extended. I'm sorry for myself and move around and watch TV and have kid life fun. No, she Never, she you it so, it so, so, so that so is what
1: really up. has made you become that formidable person.
2: Exactly. So I tell you, I can't take full credit. You no, know, I'm never just born for next self. It's the conditioning, is the exposure, is the family, is the support. Those lessons, I find, are very important for children to learn. It makes you into a better adult. Not just being at home and wasting a little time as a child, but there are other things along the way in terms of discipline, in terms of being able to speak with people, to make arrangements, to keep your word and let your word be your bond. Those little things as children, it, it, it when you introduce children to that type of lifestyle, it makes a big difference when they grow into adults. So, so- We'll get back to the tours at Hando. Exactly <laughs> so, so. In 2014, now, I took on a job. I was really, at a point of my career where I was freelancing, I was bouncing up and down, and I just, I really needed financial stability, if you will, and I really needed to settle. So I went on a job interview, and um, I was called back after the interview to say I would be awarded the position of media monitoring officer and I said, you know, I accept. And they had asked me at the time if there was anything in terms of my um, physical, because remember now, I'm not using a cane. Right. Um, so they're not seeing anything wrong with me physically. But the legs, I tell you, tell the tale, because if I were a skirt, you would still see the scars on my feet to this day. But um, they would have asked me at that point, is there anything that we need to do physically to change the office so that you can access So, in all knowledge
1: and wisdom that I had at that time, I said, really, no, I noticed that there are steps outside. So, hold on, hold on, Mikhail. So, you Mm -hmm. would have told them on the interview that you have this, this, you have arthritis, because at this time you wouldn't have recognized, you wouldn't have accepted that it is a disability.
2: Right. So, I know I have arthritis, but for me, it is not a disability.
1: Right. Which, why, under-
2: right. which is why... It's fully
1: Which is why you would have said understood. to them that um, you don't need any any adjustments.
2: Right. Meaning their physical building right. does not need to have any changes. They don't need to change the building in terms of getting to work to suit me. Because at that time, all is well. Yes. No, poor little me didn't understand, and it's not even an understanding, but I just did not grasp that in a professional environment, um, we can be, I won't say cruel, but we can be unfeeling and uncaring. That is not to say that the director was uncaring or unfeeling. That's just to say, as people, we don't connect with the needs of others without being told most times. It's difficult because um not everybody will see you or hear you and think, Oh well that person because of how they look, um, I think they may need some assistance. Not everybody will catch on to it quickly. If they see you with a canoe easier, maybe they will. But seeing you on an every day without a canoe without a canary, go, oh she's fine. You understand?
1: Yes, so, yes. Uh, and and just before you you continue, it it uh-huh. is it is a serious Challenge, you know, because it's yes. the it's the invisible disabilities. The, th- the when when you yeah. don't have something defining it, those challenges yeah. can be even greater for persons yes. rather than mm-hmm. the ones that you can actually see. When you see somebody exactly. who is blind, or when you see somebody with a or with a wheelchair, or in a wheelchair, it,
2: it,
1: it's exactly. easier to connect than when it is not. Uh, than when it is invisible.
2: And it's good you say the word connect because for me, my journey has been very difficult because it's not connecting more so how persons view me. Some persons may view me as being disingenuous because they don't understand that though I look and sound the way I do, I have issues getting from one location to the next. So I'm not just being a diva and being late you right, right. It's, it's a real issue for me. So I realized that some persons were not compassionate because, one, they did not accept what I would have been telling them. And then, two, looking at me, they're saying, No, man, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and, yes. And I can tell you I've gotten that before. I have a sticker, my disability sticker, and that sticker, you know, kind of Damien, is not today. I get that sticker and it's not today my mother calls me. It's not one person I get, because I used to just operate from the fact that, all right, I'm using a cane. My mother said, no, get the sticker. I'm like, what you mean, I'm disabled? She said, no, get the sticker. If you're disabled, you have a sticker. I'm like, damn, she's right. <laughs> okay. So it took me a long while to say no, she's right. If so I can be parking in the disabled spot and don't have a sticker to say I am because, if somebody comes, they can tow the vehicle because the sticker does not indicate. So what you're saying, Damien, very important. People need to see and know that you are a part of the disabled community because you have a sticker. Now, getting the sticker wasn't the issue for me. I just thought I never needed it because the cane is there.
1: But even even so, while using the cane and and getting that job and not saying that mm-hmm. you don't need to adjust anything to accommodate me. Is it a case yes. where you 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 did not think you had a disability? So all of this was not necessary.
2: I can tell you honestly I think that may have been a part of it. As well as you know the Superwoman complexes that you know you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So you're not seeing yourself as not strengthened. You're seeing yourself as just this patient in a small Which you can work around. To put it lightly. Yes. But yeah, yes. what you're saying is, is yeah, I agree with you. There was there may have been something there that kept saying to me, "Oh, you don't need it. It's not something that you need to have. You just you have this little problem, and you're working around it." Because in my mind, Damien, this is something I'm going to overcome in short order, short time. All right? Yes. So by the time I accepted that job, now as I told you, I was not using a cane. I I was going to work. I When I go to work, I look. Let me tell you, I wear my makeup. I wear my clothing well. I I do not have a ditch. So to this day, people have issues identifying me as a part of the community of persons who live with disabilities, because when they see me, they see GLAM. <laughs> and I'm saying, but that's wrong. Not because you see GLAM means I don't live with a disability. So the, the
1: and, and, and not because you have a disability doesn't mean that you can't be GLAM.
2: Thank you. So the idea of what represents disability, I think, is something that has to be changed as well as it is changing. So, the times that we're living in, we are actually experiencing the, the shift in ideology around what a disability is and around who lives with a disability, what is the, the particular person, the frame of that person, what they look like, the image. That I find is changing, and I'm glad that I'm a part of that change. So. To let you know further now, so after I accepted that job, Amy, I started walking up and down the steps and it was fine. I went up like 10 or 15 steps outside and I got to my office. So I told them that the best thing for me is that my, my location, once I get up those stairs, because I may have a little difficulty, because I have arthritis, I made that clear. Once I get inside the office, the meetings, the workstation has to be downstairs for me. I cannot go upstairs to work again. Because, remember, I'm going to leave for lunch. So I go up 15 or 10 steps to go to work, then I come down for lunch, and I go back up to finish work and come down to go home, right? Right. So 15 up, 15 down, times 2, that's 60 steps a day. Right. Right? So for me, that's average wear and tear, right? Right. So I say, all right, that I can work with. Now, there's another 5 or 8 steps, probably 10, in the inside of the office that leads you to the conference room. That is where we have our weekly meetings for you now. So for me, again, that is once a week. So my expectation now is that I'm going into work and I'll be climbing 60 steps a day and only once a week I will climb probably 80 steps because I'll be doing 10 up and 10 down right. to get back to my work station, right? So once a week I'm climbing 80 and the rest of the days I climb 60. Now, um, can I tell you, at the end of the day, as I said to you at the beginning, I did not know before entering that situation that you would have persons who are not specifically compassionate towards certain issues because they cannot connect. So I find I'm climbing these steps inside the office twice a week, twice a week, and sometimes two times a day. So after all of that, we're tear, And I'm at. I used to be the kind of person who saying no to me in an opportunity is just so difficult. I, I find it very hard to say no. That was in the past. So I would give in and I would say, okay, no problem. I'll be there shortly. Until then, Yana, I realized I was feeling a little pain again in that right knee. So I'm gonna say, all right, I'm going to, because I'm taking supplements, I'm taking my NSAIDs which would be like nice and voltarine and so on, to so leave the pain and take down the inflammation. So I said to myself, Well, this is a case where I need to slow down. Right. So that's at the back of my mind now, you know? So I'm encouraging them, let's have meetings on the ground floor, and you know, so on. So. Not working out, you know, because we're still having those two or three because of what's demanded of the department and so on. Right. All right, fine. And I can't go on until one day. I um, as a matter of fact, not one day, I was in a situation where my knee just said, look, you have to ease up.
1: Enough is enough.
2: Yeah, I have to ease up. At this point, now you know, I know I had registered for being disabled or registered to get my sticker and everything. But, at that point, I was not yet using a cane. Progress, right? Right. You know, life goes in stages. Right. But I wasn't using a cane. so that's I believe, pre-empted the whole chain thing, if memory serves me. hmm Subsequent to that now, i got hard day now, me i also hard for my company, now work, and my foot just fell okay, you know? tap. Whenever I can get no big one, you know, my foot just dropped down for me So I have to call my office now to let them know that I am in severe pain and I cannot walk. And this is after dropping out of work for like a one day, a two day, and so on and so forth, right?
1: Right. And
2: having an asthmatic attack and this and that. So, again, I tell you, you know, people are thinking this person is disingenuous and just want to take advantage and this and that. And I tell you, it, it was genuine. I have never, and I say to my mother, baby, say, what I went through, I don't think anyone can understand Oh, you move from ability to disability in the snap of a finger without having anything to say about it and to say, no, this is not where I want to be. No one really understands that until you get there. You can be fully able until a split second happens and you have to live with something that you didn't bargain for, you didn't know you would have had on your table. So when that day came, Damien, I called my doctor again. I said, doc, I am knocking at your door once more. I cannot walk. And i am just in pain I bought a car day man so that again is a problem because i know have to drive because I, I drive with my feet of course yes so i know have to get myself around the vehicle the steering wheel <laughs> and move the same foot that twelve and can barely move to a location mm-hmm. have mercy then I'm, let me tell you i walk and i don't have a cane because you're looking at these it. independent, who like, don't own a cane, who don't need a cane, right? Right. And my mother tell me, you are so stubborn. You leave the canes at home and I tell you I'd send them and you're moving from one location to move up and down in terms of physical abode a lot. Right. So she, <laughs> the canes are in months, to be with her. And I'm bouncing about from location to location in Kingston until I find a very comfortable location now. So now, look at this picture now, the Indiana. I have the work, the perfect job according to me. I move to a location where, where I'm living. I have a little issue with my sleep and the people upstairs and so on, but it is a perfect location for me physically, right? Right. And, uh, you know, perfection is an inverted the because nothing is perfect. Right, so right, right. And where I was living before. Yes. So it's an upgrade for me. Yes. So I'm in the perfect scenario. Why then would I tell her to send two ugly came that I don't need and that would make me now dependent on something? Why? Uh, uh, and and that,
1: that would turn down the glam.
2: Sorry, that
1: one? That would turn down the glam and the glitter.
2: And that, may I show you another you know, thing being man. The are going to expire because of the cane.
1: Yeah, you know I, that.
2: Yeah, you're right. So I don't want to worry about no cane. I'm going on with the hot style. Even though the hot style i burned the liquid, you know, because I feel like a pain, you know. But, you know, if I work with that pain, I'm going to take what I need to take and do what I need to do and just deal, right? Right. So, I continued, and then the day in question when that happened, then I reached out to my doctor. He says, okay, I'm going you need to come to me with immediate effect. Not tomorrow, not yesterday. Come now. And that but that works. Doctor work now. You try reach my office. And this is a man who um he works at the public hospital as well as he has his own practice. Right. So when you hear and him is a the broke up specialist. Broke up and setback specialist. But he's an orthopedic specialist. Right. So when you talk about your hip dislocate, your shoulder dislocate, your breakup and no, I'm no coming back him put plates and screws and things in you and bring you back and put you in physiotherapy. Now, I had to report to him. I, ca- I had to call my out to let him, know I cannot walk. I am having an issue. So I cannot come into work today. Plus I have to set off my team because I'm a responsible employee. <laughs> <laughs> so, when I decided, no, I want clothes. I'm trying to get to the V today, man. It's the most I have to come down five little steps at my home, walk around the back I'm gonna tell you something, didn't I? the pain I feel to come down with stool because then I don't know how I make it, but I walk and I grab and hold on to things and I lean up and I breathe down. Of course, I have to keep my sexy and my glamour on, you know. I so
0: know. when I'm
2: doing all these things, I have to still look hot.
1: Yes. <laughs> doing it hotly.
2: Yes, man. And I have to feel the pain in a hot fashion. <laughs> so I take my first. <laughs> I take my turn to the vehicle with God's help, and my heart and that's a lot of mercy what am I going to do my doctor said to me the last thing he said before I come I need my cane So no may I look for the doctor like doctor you know me that shouldn't take you in the long time there's nothing about I need cane for support is that this man I'm I know it I call look me pharmacy before I even make a trick or the hobble outside because at this point when I get to his building I have to my car, either right at the office door, and I know I cannot manage that walk from the car.
1: Like, you certainly can't drive into his office.
2: You're so <laughs> You know it. So I said to myself, I'm going to have to stop and get a
1: case.
0: Business Jam.
1: So there you have the first part of our two-part series with Miss Mikhail Graham and her company's MG Motivations. And the writing lab. Very interesting journey. You have to come back next week to hear how she really overcome the pain, overcome the struggles to really put herself where she's at now. How she really reconciles with her disability and accept and admit that it is actually a disability. And now she's able to live with it and make strides in the entrepreneurship journey. So there we have it, folks. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. I'm going to touch a piece of her song. She's very controversial. Well, in some circles, some people might think it's controversial. She went top shelf. She went for Adija Palmer. So I'm going to touch a piece of her song this week. And next week, we'll give you some more. So cheers. All the best. Keep it Inspired Training Solutions. Keep it... Business Gems, because every week a gem is here for you. Cheers, I'm out. The only thing going on. want <laughs> put more and the one I send GMs. send GMs. Remember, we when we're gone, we live forever. forever.
0: forever. forever.
1: Baby, business gem. South Gems. we're not going under. I'll get on you, get your money longer. Eh? Straight for dinner, run nah, make no run turn. Teddy cheddar, money make out any weather. Perry, treasure, dig up out where the leather. Teddy cheddar, money maker, any weather. Perry, treasure, dig up out where the leather. <laughs> Me fi have a chopper watch it a Me house fi off, elevator not a leather. Daddy say son, dem a tell we said no better. No they but I like that. Blessing a forever. Mummy say sunny, nobody with the copper. Me-me- Listen, ghetto, you, my my badness, and my me
0: Thank you for making it Business Gems We hope you have found your gem For success Feel free to email your suggestions And comments To yourspace.its At gmail.com That is Y-O-U-R S-P-A-C-E Dot I-T-S at gmail.com. Business Gems, a production of White Cane Studios, a product of Inspired Training Solutions. The opening and closing music theme for the Business Gems, the real rock
1: rhythm, was performed by the Sound Dimension Band and produced by Cox and Dots for Studio
0: One. Business Gems.